You know, we, we sang in that song, in him we are victorious. And, and that's the truth. I mean, we, we have the opportunity to experience the victory of Jesus every day. Um, but it's, it's up to us whether we're going to choose to or not. Um, Becky. Becky's like, uh-oh. You know, I knew, I knew you were going to be sharing a joke. That's, that's what you do as the joke master. I scoured websites for jokes. Not that we're competing, because I could never compete with you. But I, di I did read a story that I thought I'd share about Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea was a wealthy Pharisee who was a, a follower of Jesus. Uh, he was the one that asked Pilate for Jesus' body after, after Jesus was crucified. Uh, because he took Jesus' body to his tomb. In those days, tombs were, were really expensive, uh, and they were hewn into rock. And, and uh, somebody came up to Joseph and said, Joseph, you know, that was, that was quite a sacrifice you made. That was very, very generous. And Joseph said, no, it wasn't that much. He only needed it for the weekend. <laughs> you got to at least laugh back. <laughs> Oh, I tried, but Becky, no one, no one will compare to you. So we're here today for uh, the resurrection, Easter. And uh, it's one of two big days. What's the other big day for Christians? Right, Christmas and Easter. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking how in, in my experience growing up, uh, Christmas seemed like such a big event. Uh, in, in our house, we decorated, my mom decorated, we put up lights, uh, we did a tree, did all that. And, and it was, it took a lot of time, it took a lot of effort. Then there was a lot of time and effort and, and consideration placed into uh, buying presents for everyone and the meals that would go on. And usually, you know, Christmas came and the lights would stay up until the 31st. And so it was, it seemed like almost a month of celebration. And then Easter came along, and there were some things we had associated with Easter. Easter, we knew what it was about, but we also, you know, kind of, we as kids honed in on the Easter egg hunt and uh, the candy and that kind of thing. And so there was, there was some effort put into that too uh, for, for a while, but it eventually kind of faded because um, we weren't, my brother and I, as we grew up, we weren't so looking for the candy and the eggs. We wanted something more monetarily substantial. So, so mom and dad would put, you know, finances in it. But we found out that over the course of time, and it wasn't just my parents that, that we found this out. Debbie and I have had the opportunity with our grandson, with our sons, but our grandson, this really was uh, what happened. We, we would hide eggs all over the, the house, and we knew how many we hid, but he didn't always come up with the right number. And so there were some that were missing because we couldn't remember where they were. And my parents went through the same thing. But, you know, it, it, again, for Easter was more short-lived. We'd get a new outfit. We'd have a special dinner. But the day after, it was kind of, okay, we're on track with what we're going to do. And no doubt Christmas is important. It's when God came to earth. God came in flesh. Jesus was born of a virgin, and he lived a sinless life. But 
if we didn't have the resurrection, if we didn't have Jesus' death and resurrection, you know, we could celebrate the birth, but it wouldn't affect us. There'd be no lasting effect. And yet that, that, that's where we are. We're here today and we're gathered here. You're at home, but you've taken the time out to pause and to really make yourself available to what this is all about. And God has something to invest in you today. He does every day. But I want to make sure that I'm being used by God for what he has and that you are sensitive and attentive to hearing what God has for you today. So we're just going to ask you to bow your heads and, and we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence here. Oh, God, there's no place we can go that you're not there. But Father... I, I believe I'm not unique in this. There are many times I find myself in situations and not considering that you're with me, that you're with us, and that you can do far more than we can. And today, Father, we, we pause to celebrate the victory of, of your son rising from the dead, defeating hell and death in the grave. But Father, we, we know that we go on each day aware to a greater or lesser degree of the victory. But Father, today, help make it real in us. Father, I ask you to use me to speak words to, to the church, to Lord, your bride, your beloved, uh, that they, we would rise up with not just information, but we would rise up with real transformation in our lives that would impact us and others daily. And we thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. So we're celebrating something that as Jesus approached the, the crucifixion, he, like all of us, he struggled. He, he prayed in the garden. He knew where he was going. He knew what his father's will was, but he struggled because of what he faced. But that's where he prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And I want you to know today that there are things, as we heard the children share about the trees and how they had great expectations, and uh, it didn't turn out the way they had hoped, but it turned out the way God had planned. And God's plan is always best, but God's plan is not always easiest. And that's where we have to be willing to be available to God that he would lead us through, not around. For us, many times we face things and, and we just want God to give us a pass. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just a way around. I, I, I don't want to have to go through it. I want to go around it. But God in his infinite wisdom and infinite love and infinite power many times will lead us through the very thing that we want to avoid to show us what he can do. And also have us gain confidence in knowing that we don't ever face any of this alone and other people can see what God can do in a life that allows God to work. And we look at the, the cross and we see brutality and, and the suffering that Jesus went through. But as difficult, as bad, as barbarian as it was, there was a blessing that came to each one of us. We're, we're recipients of this. And there are things that, that are going to happen in our lives that we're going to need God's presence. We're going to need God's provision. We're going to need God's power and plan to be able to walk out what God has for us and see the blessing in our lives and through our lives. And, and uh, 
you know, we, we can take a lot of time to really look at what happened before the crucifixion or at the crucifixion, but what we're going to concentrate on is the resurrection because without the resurrection, there's no victory. But there is a resurrection, and so there is a victory. And it's not just for Jesus. You know, it would be one thing if it was just Jesus' victory, and it was, but he has offered that victory to each one of us, and he's given us a provision that in the midst of whatever we're going through, we don't have to go through it alone. So we're going to start out in Matthew chapter 28 and just look at a few verses uh, and then get into the truth of, of what God has for you today. In verse 1 through 4 in Matthew 28, it says this, Now after the Sabbath at the, at the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Now right here we see Mary. the two Marys were racing to the tomb. Why were they headed to the tomb? Anybody have any ideas why? Yeah, they were going to finish the job they started before because they expected Jesus to be dead. But he wasn't. You know, even, even these two followers didn't understand what Jesus had told them. But they came to the tomb and there was a great earthquake and an angel was sitting there. And, and when the angel came, he rolled the stone back from the door. Now, we, we see that the guards' response to this was they were in fear and they fell down. Right? And, and we don't know if they passed out, if they fainted, what they did. But the, the um, glory of the, the angel, the presence of the angel was overwhelming to them and they fell down. And the stone was rolled away. For what reason? Was it to let Jesus out? No, it was to let people see that he was gone. But the guards were there to protect the stone from being rolled away so that uh, disciples couldn't steal Jesus' body and then say, see, he's risen, because he predicted, he told them he was going to rise on the third day. And, and so they're there, the women are there, the guards are laid out, the angel is on the stone, the women are, are seeing this angel, and they have a different reaction. Go on to verse 5. It says, but the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. As he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he's going to be for you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So right there, the angel speaks to them. Now, they're not on their face. They have a different reaction. You know, when we have a confidence in God, we don't have to react the way everybody else does. And the angel tells them, don't be afraid. I know it's Jesus that you seek. Uh, he's not here. And so he then gives them instructions about what to do, that Jesus is going to meet them. But, but there was some fear. And then it says, so they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and what? And great joy, fear and great joy. Now, I want you to understand that this fear is not the same fear as the previous one. When you see something unexplained and, and you're unfamiliar with, you're tentative. But, but this fear here is, is an awe. 
You know, the Bible tells us we're to fear God. It's not to be terrified of God. It's to be in awe of God, in reverence to God. And so they're, they're leaving the tomb. They have reverence and awe of God, great joy, and they ran to bring the disciples this word. And then we see what happens, and Jesus shows up in verse 9. It says, and they went to tell the disciples, and behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and they will see me. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. To joy again, to joy over and over. One of the things that we know, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. God wants us to continue to be strengthened no matter what we face. Because we don't face anything alone. God is always there. God cares. And God can do far more than any of us or all of us together. It's just whether we're going to look to God and trust him and allow him to have his way. So this is, this is the resurrection of Jesus. But what, what, what did the resurrection do? How does it affect us? How did it play out? What does the Bible tell us about it? Why is it important? Well, in Romans chapter 1, verse 4, it says that because of the resurrection... Uh, he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead. This is talking about Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he is Jesus Christ our Lord. So the resurrection proved that Jesus is the Lord, that he is God, the Son of God. And we, people may say, well, you know, the, we, we didn't see him. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 that, that the disciples saw him. It says in Acts chapter, or 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that, that the apostles saw him, 500 at one time saw him. He was around for 40 days after his resurrection. And, and so there's uh, multiple witnesses that saw him alive after the crucifixion. But this, this shows us that because he was raised, he said he was going to be raised, uh, that, that can we go back? Thank you. To Romans 1. Because he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, he showed he was the Son of God. Now, what power was he raised by? The Holy Spirit. That's really important that you, you see that and you get that. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, this, this scripture won't be up there, but it's where Jesus says, I am the living one. I was dead. I'm now alive and I'm alive forevermore. And I hold the keys to death and hell. And what he was showing and saying is, this is the victory. I've conquered everything that needs to be conquered. Know that I have the victory. Know that you can have the victory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17, and this is what we've, we've heard already, uh, but... Uh, it says that Christ has, is, if, it, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're guilty in your sins. This is another really important aspect of it because if Jesus didn't pay the price for sin, if he didn't, didn't die on the cross, wasn't raised from the dead, there'd be no victory. The scripture tells us that he nailed all of our sins, all of our transgressions, all of our trespasses to the cross. Now, let that sink in. Because sometimes we get really beat up and tormented over what we've done and, and feel not just guilt, we feel condemned. 
And God doesn't have that for anyone because we can go to realize that on the cross, that was all dealt with. When we receive Christ as our Lord, you become a new creation. He wipes the slate clean. And I just, I just want to pause for a minute and just ask you to close your eyes. You too at home, because I'm asking this because I just want you to concentrate on, on you and God. First of all, if you're facing something that seems insurmountable, I want you to know today that you don't have to face it alone. God is right there. God cares and God wants to be involved, but it's whether you'll allow him, whether you'll invite him, whether you'll yield to him. The second thing is, whatever you've done in your life, know that God has paid a price for it. And if you've received Christ as your Lord already, realize that when we do wrong, which we do, we fall down, we trip up, sometimes we just go off course. And it's not that we can just choose to do it and go back and, and repent and, and confess our sin to God and then do it again. But part of repentance is we turn around and go another way. We go God's way. But when we do, there's not just a forgiveness, there's a cleansing. The Bible says if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God has a cleansing for you today. It's come through the cross, through the blood of Jesus. And if you've been beaten up or continue to get beaten up over things in the past, I want you to know this day and from this day forward, God's not bringing that to your mind. The only one that's doing that is what the Bible calls the accuser of the brethren, the devil. He's the one that accuses you, and you need to know that he's a liar. When you've been cleansed, God has removed it as far as the east is from the west, and he'll re not remember it anymore. So, Father, right now I just pray for every, every person here that, first of all, they would realize that you're as close as they've allowed you to be. And, Father, that you have a cleansing and a victory for each one of us, not just today, but for every day. And I thank you, Father, for silencing the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. So we realize that he's taken care of our sins. If not, if he hadn't died and, and was raised, we, we would still be dead in our trespasses and sins. But he's also done what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says that, it was through his loving kindness that we were born again to a new life and have a hope that never dies. A hope is a confident expectation of good. You know, in the times that we're living in, the world we're living in, the, the, the things that we see around us, it can be real easy to, to lose our hope. A confident expectation of good. But we don't need to look to the world. We need to look to God who's with us and for us. And it says we have a hope that never dies. This hope is ours because Jesus was raised from the dead. This hope is yours today. But like anything that God has for you, you have to believe it, and then you have to receive it. 
And that's a choice we all have to make, and it's a battle. This is what the good fight of faith is, is all about. And we have to make sure that we're not just informationally oriented, but that what we learn from God, from his word, that we choose to believe it, and then we live by it, and it affects us. Now, um, in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, this is really where you need to see how it affects you. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. What kind of power did it take for God to raise Jesus from the dead? Massive amounts of power. What kind of victory was it when God raised Jesus from the dead? It was complete. There wasn't anything that could stop that. There was no greater power than what was worked on that day. And it says the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Again, I'm going to ask you to just pause. Just close your eyes. Just meditate on that. That, that God in the person of Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is not somewhere way out there far away, not somewhere where you have to get to. He's now living in you as a child of God. When we receive Christ as our Lord, we receive the forgiveness. The Spirit of God takes up residence in us. Now that power, that person and that power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is now in residence in you. With that thought in mind, what is it that you will face that could ever be greater than that? The answer is nothing. You can open your eyes. But that's where today we, we have a lot of information that we have access to. But God's word is not supposed to be just information. God's word is supposed to illuminate us bring revelation where something's revealed to us. It's about us. And this is saying the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That should make all the difference in the world the next time you face something that's overwhelming to you and you remember, hey, I'm not doing this alone. The Spirit that brought Jesus from the dead is now there to help you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living among you. I'm going to ask you a question. Who here needs healing? Who of you at home needs healing? I, I'm raising my hand because I am believing for a healing in my life, in my wife's life, and in, in some of your lives. And, and this says he will give life to these mortal bodies. You know, having God in our lives, having, having the Spirit of God in our lives isn't just about heaven, it's about right now. God is interested and invested in your life right now. We don't have to wait for something else to happen. It's happened, and there's a victory that you and I have every day. And, and right now, Father, I thank you that your word says that you'll confirm your word with signs and wonders following, that your Spirit that lives in each one of your people will quicken their bodies. So, Father, I thank you for healing today. I thank you for healing. 
I thank you for health and I thank you for strength and life because of your spirit that lives in us. Now, some of the other translations, the Philip translation of this says this, the spirit of him who raised Jesus up from the dead lives in you. He will by the same spirit bring to your whole being. What does that leave out? Nothing. Now again, this is information. This is the word of God. This is truth. But the challenge is today is, are you going to believe it for you? Is this true for you? Is it true for you at home? Because if we get a hold of this and we believe it, then we receive what God has and we can experience and become it. He will, by the same spirit, bring to your whole being new strength and vitality. New strength and vitality. The Passion Translation says this, God's spirit of resurrection lives in you. Lives in you. That should make all the difference in the world and how we live and how we never have to be afraid because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, is active, alive, powerful, guiding, guarding, governing us. This is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Now, I'm going to kind of shift gears because I want to tell you a, a true story, and it's about a rock, well, a couple of rocks. Uh, you may not know, but I was a geologist, but even before I, I studied geology in college, I liked rocks. I, I would pick up rocks all the time. I have infected some other people with that. Uh, gotten them corrupted to picking up rocks wherever they go. But I want to tell you a true story about Conrad Reed, who found a rock. He was actually fishing on his family's property in um, Little Meadow Creek in North Carolina. And, and the fishing wasn't going very well. And so Conrad was walking along, and because the fish weren't biting, he was just kind of looking down in the stream. And he found a rock that looked kind of interesting, caught his attention. He picked it up, and because the fish weren't biting, he, he brought it home. And he brought this 17-pound rock home, quite a carry. And when he got home, he showed it to his family. And family wasn't impressed. They thought it was interesting, but no big deal. And so they found a use for it. Uh, being that it was 17 pounds, they used it as a doorstop. And so they used it as a doorstop for three years. Until finally, one of the family members took it to somebody to look at. And they found out that it was a gold nugget. 17 pound. It was the biggest gold nugget found east of the Rocky Mountains. Needless to say, their lives changed. <laughs> right? And, and one of the things that they did immediately was they started their own family mining company. Oh, by the way, this was back in uh, 1802. And, and so they started this mining company, and one year later, they found another rock, nugget. But this one was 28 pounds. Now, listen to this. That 17-pound nugget uh, in today's value would have been $470,000. The 28-pound nugget? would have been $775,000. How many of you think that just radically changed their lives? But this treasure, this, this 
provision to make this life radically change had always been there. It was always theirs. They just didn't know it. They didn't recognize it. Even when they saw it and found some sort of use for it, it wasn't what it could have done. Now, I tell you this because this is exactly what goes on. And I believe all of our lives as Christians, when we have the presence and residence of Holy Spirit in us, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that should transform our lives astronomically. Because there's nothing impossible with God. And every good and perfect gift comes from him. He wants to empower your life, impart to your life, invest in your life in a way that your life would be so over the top, overflowing, that you would impact others. We're going to end with this scripture in 1 John 4, 4 that says this. You belong to God, my dear children. Now, that is for those who have chosen to receive Christ as Lord. We become the children of God through salvation, which was accomplished on the cross. It says, you have already what? Oh, come on. You've already what? Hey, some of you have been following the final four, right? The final four became the final what? Two. And Monday, the final two will become a champion. Correct? And you know what happens after the championship game? There's a celebration that's short-lived, and all the teams go back to working to see who's going to be number one next year. That doesn't happen with God. There's a victory once for all. And he stands as the final one over everything. Over everything. Amen. Over everything. But you know what? It's one thing to say, well, Jesus has conquered hell and death and the grave. And, and the Spirit of God raised him from the dead. And he's conquered the enemy. He's placed him under his feet. But the Bible tells us. That his victory is your victory. He's offered you that victory. You have already won because. Are you ready for this? The spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit in the world. Oh. The spirit that lives in you is greater than anything you'll ever face. But what are you going to do with it? You know, we could, we could carry the Spirit of God around with us everywhere we go because he's, gonna, he's never going to leave us. And it'll do us as much good as that gold nugget did to stop a door. Or we can recognize the priceless treasure that God invested in us that is always with us and for us, ready, willing, and able to help us become an overcomer in all things. Or we can just celebrate the resurrection today and go on to Monday and start to deal with Monday on our own. Or we can walk out Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Come what may, whatever you face, realizing 
The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has given you the victory. You've already won before you face any of it because he's with you and for you and there is nothing that can stand against you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I hope that you have a great, great resurrection or Easter meal. But what I hope more than that is not that you get all the candy that you want or the desserts or whatever it is. I hope and pray that every one of us from this day forward will always keep in the back of our mind whatever we're facing, we don't face it alone. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is with us and for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Like every head bowed, every eye closed. You know, it's good news. It's great news. But the question is, is it news that you are connected to? Because until we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we turn around, we repent. We can't have the Spirit of God. The Bible says that, that uh, the world doesn't know him and so he can't, they can't receive him. But Jesus said, you know. And so he's with you and he will soon live in you. For those of you that have turned to Christ and trusted in Christ, the Spirit of God is already in residence. But for those who haven't, he can come and he can become part of your life to empower, to impart, to guide, to govern, to guard you and, and realizing that he can do much more than, than you. So if you are here or you at home have, have never received Christ, never repented, and that means to turn around. We're turning around from running our own lives, guiding our own lives, guarding our own lives, governing our own lives, to turning it over to Christ, turning it over to Jesus. And when we do, he can do great things. So I'm going to invite you to pray today. We're all going to pray this together here. You at home pray this and, and, and experience the power of a transformed life. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who came into this world, lived a sinless life, died on the cross to pay the price for my sin and was raised from the dead, glorious and victorious. Today, Lord Jesus, I repent. I turn to you and turn my life over to you. Guide me, govern me, guard me. From this day forward, I am yours, you are mine. Thank you for being Lord of my life and saving me in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.